You're listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM WGGTLP Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. And tonight, this is Cue the Mic. Cue the mic, cue the mic, cue the mic. <laughs> as Hi. Renee, as the doctor has got us doing. <laughs> um, that was my best impression there. Uh, my name is Sandy Smith, and I'm part of the team that uh, brings you this show every week. We have tonight uh, sort of a freeform show, but uh, let me at least uh, do my basic introductions here. I go by he, him, his. And with me tonight is our show's um, other two hosts. Uh, Take it away, Doctor. This is Doctor, Doctor Renee Norris Jones, um, executive producer and co-host. And sometimes just I took the whole month of June off because I just needed some, you know, self-care time. And this team took over, so I'm not sure what the other title was. Sometimes I'm an absent host. Co-host. Um, I go by she, her, dude, and of course, doctor. But mostly, my grandchildren call me doctor, grandmother. And our third host. My name is Griffin. I use they them pronouns. Um, I am honored to be a co-host, and uh, I guess sort of quasi-pseudo-youth correspondent on uh, this LGBT talk show. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a student at the Community College of Philadelphia, where I do some, I do some journalism stuff, I do some tutoring. Um, yep, and I do sort of general LGBT kind of issues, uh, activism and stuff like that. And yeah. is, is your major in journalism? No, I'm actually just a liberal arts major because I'm interested in so many things and I can't decide what I like the best. Um, It's okay. I haven't decided what I'm going to be when I grow up either. (laughs) (laughs) So, Griffin is not only calling from their (laughs) thank you apartment, they are calling from their... Um, recording corner. Yeah. Is it a recording studio corner? Um, it's it's getting there. I have like a little court kind of kind of nook set up in my room that I'm hoping will be good for broadcasting. I hope it's not like too echoey. I know that that's like maybe something happening right now. Um, but I'm hoping to I'm hoping to turn it into something. Like maybe you know maybe I do um, remote tutoring here as well as the radio. Um, I've even considered like because I do a lot of like. I do a lot of video gaming. I do a lot of gaming. Um, so I've considered actually kind of like live streaming video games and stuff. And so, yeah, maybe I'll have like a little webcam and maybe I'll play video games and stream on Twitch or YouTube or something like that. I'm not entirely sure yet. I'm figuring that, it out. That's pretty cool. Just add soft surfaces. I remember that with G-Town Radio. Yeah, you know, yeah. The studios kind of was upstairs and now it's downstairs. And I was in a lot of those meetings when we were adding. And I think when you go to the green room now, you'll see those foam things on the windows and doors. Just those yeah. cushions that come in boxes give you enough soft surfaces so that yeah. the sound's not bouncing around. Yep, that's the that's the fancy stuff. Um, in the meantime, well, I might put up 
tapestries or whatever. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, some, some, cur- some curtains will do you wonders. Uh, we should advise that the fourth member of our merry band, uh, Fox, is uh, uh, currently in transit and should be joining us somewhere in the middle of this show, we hope. Um, yeah, she had a, the, her, her bike tire uh, exploded, unfortunately, so she's a little, 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 bit, little bit late. I, uh, I actually came out to my great-aunt a couple weeks ago. Wow. Uh, wow. Not, not just that I'm bisexual, which is the maybe easier to swallow one, but then I also came out as non-binary and, and uh, transgender. And um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised that she took it. She took it very well. Um, I had very a feeling, nice. Wow. And how old is she? Oh, she's... At least a decade? Yeah, she might... I think she's in her early 80s. Wow. Uh, okay. Or late 70s or early 80s. I don't, I don't actually remember. I'm sorry. Um, I, she's, she's awesome. We're, we're very close. She's almost like a, like, she's almost been like my, like, third grandmother, really. Um, wow. And I, I had a feeling that um, she'd take it, uh, I had a feeling that she'd take it well. I just kind of didn't know what that would mean. Um, but she, um, she was very, she was very nice and very kind. And, you know, I had, I, she kind of said what I was expecting her to say, which was, I don't really understand, but I support you, which is, which is like, you know, (laughs) nice, nice to hear anyway. Um, and yeah, so I ended up having a, a very nice conversation with her. Um. I, I'm not going to really hold her to the pronouns thing because she's like in her late seventies, um, or, you know, early eighties. And while it would, while it would, I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't, it's this, there's this feeling when you're, um, so being trans, right, and having, you know, using different pronouns than the ones that um, you were sort of assigned at birth, right? There's, it's this sort of tough position where you want to advocate for yourself and you want to be addressed how you feel you should be addressed and all this sort of stuff. But, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the times, if you push really, if you push hard, or even if you don't push hard, even if you're just, you know, consistently kind of saying like, please use the, that you'll come off as like aggressive, and you'll come off as like pushy, and you know, and uh, you know, and so it's, it's it's tough because, you know, you don't want to be sort of cast as like the. I don't know, annoying trans person, which is kind of like a sort of toxic stereotype that's thrown around a lot, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I I really appreciate it for me. It was more important that, that my that my great aunt understood that um, you know, I view myself in this in this way and that she was accepting of that. 
Um, so I'm not going to hold her to the pronouns thing so much. Um, um, yeah. I think to have that kind of acceptance is marvelous, you know? Um, but I think to have that kind of family support is amazing. And um, and maybe that's another conversation for another day. Right. Yeah. I, I, you I know? do. I do realize that I'm that I'm very lucky. Um, I know that. Um, I you know my my family. You know they've been they've been a bit slow with pronouns and stuff, and you know uh, you know other sorts other sorts of things. But at the end of the day, they're supportive of me. And I, I really have to acknowledge that, like, you know, I'm, I'm extremely lucky. And that that's, that is not something that um, a lot of trans people, you know, can, can say, is that they have you, a supportive you family. You ab- absolutely right. As, I'm, as, I'm, as I was listening to you, I was pulling up our gas queue for later on in the show. And one of the things I saw was something that I had pulled uh, many shows ago. And it was about gay kids that are thrown out of the house by their parents. It just caught yeah. my eye when I was yep. just going through, you know, our, our files on my computer. So this is a timely conversation that um, they're supportive. Yeah, they, they might not get the yeah. pronouns. My God, I am 63 and I still have to remember. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I've been better on Zoom than I am on in the studio. So I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen when we go back in the studio. I'm not sure what's going to happen. There's going to be signs all over the place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Fox has her jar every time. She slams it down and gives me this look, and she sits across from me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I am in trouble <laughs> again. Um, I do take it serious. Oh, I, I, did, I did want to point out, I know, I know that you guys are supportive. I never, I never doubt that that you know uh, that it's it's not just wires crossed or whatever. I don't, I don't know. and I, I think that's the vast majority of people. I think, I think. Um. So I, I'm kind of behind. Yeah, I, I'm not where I want to be yet as far as my presentation. I want to be basically my end goal is like. Um, very like androgynous. So I, I. David Bowie. Sorry, what? Say that again. David Bowie. Yes, yes, <laughs> the one that everyone points to. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of like that. And so you know, a lot of it's going to be you know, going out, buying new clothes, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and it's you know, it's stuff that that I'll have to spend time doing. I'll have to spend money doing, and. Also, it's it's for me at least. It's 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 emotionally rough. Um, I get very anxious about it, and I get very um, even though I know that you know the people close to me won't judge me. I still feel I still feel judged, you know, kind mm-hmm. of kind of internally and stuff. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that's why I like, you know, kind of ask my friends, you know, oh, let's like go, let's like go shopping like together. You know, they're like, like, oh yeah, I just buy my clothes online and stuff. And I'm like, no, but no, you don't understand. Like, let's go like together. Like, please. Like, cause I just, I feel so, 
I feel like very, um, I feel very anxious and having like friends there to kind of be like, no, you look good. Like, don't worry about it. Like, that's kind of helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing is that for me personally, right, I'm very like, um, I have like a very, uh, I try to do like a sort of punk rock-esque thing where Mm -hmm. it it kind of falls apart sometimes, you know, but, but I try to do like a sort of punky sort of thing. And unfortunately, um, you know, punk rock, you know, uh, uh, women in punk rock are known for being tomboys, right? So if right. I if I want if I wanted to dress as a punk rock woman, right, I'd be still be tomboy. So it's kind yeah. of still <laughs> so it's still this really kind of irritating sort of middle ground where it's like I you know it, it's it's sort of frustrating. And the other you know, the other thing is um, you know being raised being raised male, right? Especially being right. I get probably being raised uh, as a white male. <laughs> maybe especially you're sort of taught this kind of like fashion blindness right there's like the sort of like you're not supposed to know any or you're not you know fashion is for like not that's not a men thing you know and so even if it's not overtly stated um you know that you know all this sort of stuff like like my dad you know i love my dad but Mm -hmm. but (laughs) my dad dresses like a dad, you know, it's sort of, the, you know, this, this whole thing, you know, and, yeah, and it, it's just sort of part of this, you know, cultural kind of, uh, gendered, you know, raising of, you know, of, you know, basically heterosexual, uh, men that sure. there's a, there's an expectation that, you know, there's not much fashion knowledge and that's kind of other people worry, other people, you know, worry about that. Um, so I kind of, you know, been trying to break out of that as much as I can. Um, anyway, so getting, getting back to all this, I, I, I wanted to say I appreciate you guys, you know, um, as well as, you know, all the other, you know, people in my life that are, that are, um, accepting of my gender identity and stuff. Um, I wanted to bring it up because I have a resource that I throw around a lot that's very helpful um, in, at least for me, when I've come out as um, non-binary. So it's it's from the um, National, I believe it's the National Center for Transgender Equality. Uh, mm. Mm. Yeah, so that's transequality.org, and um, it's a wonderful, it's a nonprofit, you know, organization. They do, um, you know, they they do education and they do um, sort of political campaigning for um, the rights of transgender people and all sorts of things. Um, but as part of their website, they have like a um, like trans 101 sort of sort of thing. And in that, they also have a, non, a non-binary 101. And I, it's been super helpful for me. And I 
find all their definitions to be really good. Like it's very clearly written, like at very least consulting non-binary people, at very least consulting transgender people. Um, and, you know, what I do is I, is I, I literally will like text it to whoever I'm talking to. They're like, mm. oh, here's a, here's a, here's a resource. If you want to read about like what this term means, why it's different from these other terms and all this sort of stuff. Um, and also like a good sort of checklist, right? Cause like, if you're coming out to somebody, I mean, even, even if it's a complete, even if it's having to explain to a stranger what they, them pronouns are, right? It can be, it can be kind of, you can get lost in the sauce a little bit because there's a lot to like go over of like, you know, what non-binary means, what transgender means, because there's a lot of mis misconceptions about that as well. And that sort of stuff. And it's a very good resource for like, it's all the all the words, all the definitions in like a neat, handy place. It's very like um, it's very friendly for people who have no kind of prior knowledge of these things. Um, so I'd recommend it both for um, trans people who want it as a resource to share with people to understand, um, you know, what a lot of these words mean, what a lot, what a lot of these concepts are. But also, um, if you know, listeners are you know curious about um, what a lot of these words mean, like what non-binary means, what transgender means, what gender queer means, um, what pronouns sort of are, and how they're treated in language and stuff. And also, if you have any questions about like um, why. Um, transgender rights are sort of politically important and why they're really relevant right now and you know what's sort of uh, in the way of transgender people um, living their lives in the you know sort of most fulfilling ways and uh, in equal representation um, it's a great resource check it out and that's uh, transequality.org um, yep and so the recommendation yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because I, 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 I honestly use it so many times that it's really, um, it's really helpful for me. And I feel like it could be really helpful for other trans people and for people who just want to learn about this stuff. Um, yeah, so that's my, that's my why pronouns matter for the week. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I am curious to know how this is like month six. We've hit a milestone of COVID nineteen. Yeah. How are you guys? Um, how are you guys um, navigating that? Like, what does month six look like to you versus month one, week one, day one? Oh, do you want to go first, Sandy? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, <laughs> The difference between month one and month six is that, you know, uh, I, I've sort of re-entered the green phase of social activity in, in that uh, I invite friends over and I go visit friends and things like that, um, you know, having, but I'm still working from home. It still agrees with me. Um, most of the things we do at the office don't require that kind of face-to-face -face, uh, presence. On the other hand, 
We had a socially distanced happy hour to send off our uh, now departed editor-in-chief in Washington Square uh, two weeks ago. I did thank Tom for finally letting me uh, uh, write my piece on ignoring the public school rankings that is the cover feature in this month's issue. <laughs> and while we don't focus on education here, you know, I do think it's interesting. My argument there was that, you know, parents in the city, well, it was mainly aimed at affluent white parents living in the city. Right, yeah. Um, that when they're considering where to send their kid to grade school, they should just forget about the great schools ratings or the niche grades. They should take a look at their local school for themselves, visit right. it, talk to parents. You know, uh, chances are their kids will get a great education in that school. And unfortunately, the sad part is one of the reasons they will is because they have those affluent parents giving right. them the resources and support they need. Right, and yeah. that and that come that goes no matter what school they attend. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also the the for public schools the the public school funding is also connected to the surrounding areas property taxes, which is an incredibly um, regressive uh, way of you know educating educating children um but but you know exactly what you're saying is if if uh if parent if the parents are affluent to begin with chances are they live in an affluent area so the local public school will be well funded in comparison to other you know schools in the city but, mm -hmm. so there, there, there there's sort of speak my uh uh my own coronavirus diary let's have yours griffin Oh, mine. Okay, so I think the way I describe it, right, is I sort of, you know, I started off very anxious, right, about, about, about you know, coronavirus and everything. I got gradually, like, a bit more relaxed, right, um, because, you know, a lot of it's, uh, a lot of it was, you know, yeah, a lot of people do get it, but are fine, and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But I have since regressed back into, like, anxiety levels. So I kind of went, like, red to yellow to red again. Wow. Um, and so I think it's, I think this is for a couple of reasons. I think it's, you know, because I moved out and classes have started and I'm anxious anyway. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, I'll find reasons to be anxious about things. Um, but a lot of it is honestly some of the other stuff, too, that it's, you know, we, the, you know, so many people have died of it at, at this at this point where, you know, we're past 180,000. We're, we're going to pass 200,000 eventually, probably in the next couple weeks. Um, and... You know, there's that, there's the fact that young people do get sick. And beyond that, there's also the the fact that in a lot of the, it's been shown that in a lot of the uh, people have tested positive for it, uh, but have had no symptoms, that it, it looks like, um, you know, one of the effects of it, even if you have like no you know, outwardly visible symptoms is um, 
people have people have been showing up with like heart damage, you know, like um, that that basically young people or people in their thirties and forties, um, you know, even if they were asymptomatic and had COVID, um, that their the scans of their heart are showing up as if they've had like a heart attack, basically. Wow. And, yeah, that that's. And they've displayed no other symptoms, you know, like no fever, no coughing, no sneezing? No fever, no cough, but basically if it's confirmed that they've encountered it and it's confirmed they have the antibodies for it, they've been doing more and more scans of the body to see, like, what happens. And it looks like having um, what looks like permanent heart damage is one of the effects, even if you're asymptomatic. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and, wow. <laughs> And so there, there are two reasons why people are figuring this out. The first is that, um, you know, there have been a couple of studies just trying to, to survey the most people possible. Um, but on top of that, this also came out because, when, what, so this has also been confirmed because of colleges that are welcoming back students, students that are going into athletics programs. That basically they're they're screening um, college students that would that are going to be in like football, soccer, basketball, all these sorts of things, and they're giving them you know they're basically doing you know medical medical scans on them, and that even if they even if these college students reported not never having any symptoms, that even these very healthy athletes are showing up with heart damage, that it looks like mm. that they had a heart attack, you know. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm worried. I'm not, not feeling great about it. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's also for me, you know, even if, even beyond that, it's also, you know, I don't want to be asymptomatic and spread it to other people. I don't want to see my friends. One, I don't want to see some of my friends one day, see more of my friends the other day, and channel it between all of them. You know, I don't want to be the reason why anyone, why anyone gets sick. So I've kind of been, um, I've been very, I've been very uh, frightened um, and anxious. Although, you know, again, to be fair, I'm frightened and anxious about everything. You know, 2020 has been a lot. Um, <laughs> Uh, for me personally and for the world, you know, the election's coming up, which I'm very concerned about, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I feel like for an anxious person like me, there's not a short, a shortage of things to be anxious about at all. So that's kind of my, that's what my month six looks like is, uh, staying inside and doing schoolwork and not getting as much sunlight as I need. <laughs> but hopefully I can do better shortly. I'm yeah, as that. a student, as a student, I imagine it would feel like, you know how you balance out your course load for the semester and you have your major stuff and then you have maybe a fun elective, or at least you have clubs or friends or other social things you do. I can't imagine what that's like. It seems like it would feel during a pandemic that it's all, all the tough classes and nothing fun, like, you know, just really yeah, adding pretty, the extra level of, of pressure, pressure. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I was, I was, so last, 
spring, I was taking classes that at the time were fun classes. And when they moved to online, you know, it's it's you know, teachers teachers want to do basically they want to replicate classroom discussions online over like messages, right? Right. But but I I think what what you know um, a lot of people maybe don't take into account, or maybe people do, but it's you know there's not much other way to do this anyway. Is you know bringing discussion from speaking into writing makes it so much harder. Um, mm-hmm. for, and, and yeah, because you are you are reading more also because. Normally, you would listen to a lecture in the classroom with the professor talking, and right. now you're reading all of that. So there's definitely way more reading and writing in an right. online environment. Right. So there's a, there's a delay between, you know, getting feedback about something if you're not understanding something. But I, but I think for me, the overwhelming thing is that it's just, you know, writing for me, you know, people tell me I'm good at it. Is probably one of the closest things I can say to having a skill <laughs> is, is that I'm <laughs> I'm okay at writing um, but it's just it's just very difficult and the difference between talking you know talking you know discussing something is you know in a in like a college environment versus writing it on you know on like a mess you know, message board for the class is like it's also I think a, a difference you know even like you know using different parts of the brain even right so you know because it's because it's writing it's slower you're forced to think about word choice a lot more versus if you're speaking you know it, it has and then you have to go back and proof it to make sure that there wasn't an autocorrect or a typo and, right. Oh. And if you want to cite something in real life, you could just flip to the page and read it out loud and, right. and over stuff. You have to like actually do like the whole citation format. And, you know, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's rough. So even even a class that I thought was so fun, it was a it was a gender studies class, and I I was I was living for it because it's my you know as a as a trans non-binary person who does like a lot of history stuff and is big into activism this class was like everything for me but moving it online it was just so much harder and i i still enjoyed it but it's um it's just very difficult and And i do remember because ccp was one of the last schools to actually make that announcement that they were transitioning and the yeah. students like yourself were yeah. were in limbo, you know, kind of. Well, what are we doing here? Yeah, CCP kind of, kind of. In my experience, and I don't mean to like. I'm not trying to bash CCP. CCP's CCP is honestly great. Um, it is, and you know what? I I went to CCP. Yes, it's 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 great. I've gotten so much out of it. My ex there. Oh, okay. What? My ex teaches there. Oh, oh wow! Okay. Nice. Um, but I've uh, long said that community colleges are the workhorses of American higher education. Yeah, and that they are, yeah. also, and that they are also the Rodney Dangerfield of American higher education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I what I usually say is the teachers and the students are 
wonderful. Like they're they are you will learn so much, you will meet so many amazing people and all this sort of stuff. The school itself has good resources for students as well. But the administration is a bit is a bit slow and behind the times. Um, but but the CCP overall seems to be reactionary rather than proactive. Um, mm -hmm. They tend to react to what other colleges are doing rather than be, uh, you know, um, push for innovation themselves, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure they disagree. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they would take the. They usually take the cue from UPenn and Temple and Penn State before they kind mm -hmm. of do, mu do mm -hmm. much of anything. Yeah because, yeah, because those schools can make a boo boo. Like Villanova opened up, um, and that was that was yeah that was a yeah oof. yeah. Um, and, and by the next day. Um, um, all of the Ivy schools were just like, nope, nope, backing out, not doing it. I just yeah. read yesterday or today that Temple students, it was photographs of Temple University students heading back home. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I, I think there are only a handful of campuses that have decided to proceed entirely with in-person instruction. Uh, my ex-IO yeah. is getting used to the idea of teaching his classes online, which he hasn't done before. Right. Um, that's 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 a that's something that um, a lot of professors are doing. Is is uh, a lot of professors have never taught online before, and this is their first time doing it. What's what's maybe a little concerning for me is um, I know there's a lawsuit right now, or several probably. Um, of basically students suing their universities about tuition. Um, yes, because, yes. Because, because, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Hello. Right. right. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, first of all, it should be said, tuition is outrageous right now. Period. Regardless of anything, that 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 it is a it is a catastrophic uh, bubble that's going to pop and, you know, just like the housing market did. Um, there is going to be a university tuition uh, student debt bubble that's going to burst and there's you know, right. prob probably going to be with big consequences for a lot of people. Um, but even regardless of that, um, it's still outrageous to pay full price to go to a university when you're only doing online. Um, and that's what a lot of these lawsuits are about. And, you know, I understand that universities don't want to go out of business, but at the same time, it's just not fair for students. Um, but on the other hand, having completely having actual in-person classes when they're not necessary is also the completely wrong move. I, I that's such absolutely, a foolish absolutely. idea. It's so and honestly, I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but like shame on Villanova for trying to do that it's it's well honestly, you know i love their response though i love their response their response was well see here's here's what had happened what had happened was when I mean, you know you hear that phrase you know oh god they said but see we were prepared for this right. and i'm listening i'm like okay let me stop what i'm doing they were prepared we put up signs 
We sent out emails uh-huh. and we let them know that there will be no gathering and no parties like this. Okay. And I'm like, you know you're making yourself look really moody local right now, right? right? You told teenagers. That's like telling my four-year-old grandson. I'm going to leave this chocolate on the table. Now I have to go upstairs and get something. Do not mess with the chocolate. He's going to look at me like I've lost my mind going, yes, grandmother. Yes, like the grandmother. I got you. Um, I think you told them. These are children who have been, and I'm I'm calling them children. I'm calling the 18-year-olds and some of the other ones. These are, even in doing normal times, they're not going to listen. But this is a period where... They have been home, locked down with their parents since the beginning of March, mm-hmm. okay? And their parents sent them off and said, now, don't do this and don't do that. And they're going, yep, yep, can I go now? Because there's so much misinformation out there, right? Like, I think, right. I think even now, most of the guidelines still say no gatherings over 10 people. Even right. though gatherings of under ten people are still extremely dangerous, that like, that like you know, contact with any group over three is you know, basically each person you add to this has the potential of infecting people. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it's and all that doesn't even take into account like, all right, well. You know, what if the room itself, what if the what if the room that the class is being held in, you know, isn't safe? Like, how would you know? <laughs> you know, it's like unless you're having it all outdoors and spaced out, which, you know, it's not going to be safe. Um, With some supervision, right. not just because they're 17 and 18. I mean, how many times have you gone in the store? My new tactic is even if I'm just going into the store for a loaf of bread I take a shopping cart because I put the shopping cart behind me because I can control how far away I am from the person in front of me. But the shopping cart behind me is to back the people up who want to get in that line like it's a, it's, it's a cattle shoot and we don't have yep. brains. Yep. That happened to me so yesterday. I, that happened yep. to me yesterday. People were like, oh, yeah, right up behind yep. us. Grab a shopping cart when you go in. Put it behind you, okay? Um, because then you can you can control how close they get to you. Yep. Solid advice. And trust me, they are directly up on the back of my shopping cart, so I keep the shopping cart two or three feet from me. You know what? And then also... they look at me because I'm spacing myself from the people in front of me. You know what's also like like awful though like i feel like i feel like everyone is so on edge with everything because everything's you know everyone's like super politically on edge everyone's like super like scared all the time you know because of everything that's happening but like i don't i don't think you can like say to people like hey could you like please like distance yourself from me without like turning into a problem I think a lot of people take that. Depending on the situation. Right. So, depending on the situation, I have said it like, could you back up some? But, you know, you want to make sure your voice is calm. That is because you've heard about security guards or someone else saying you can't come in the store without a mask. What was it in New York or somewhere? And they they killed the security guard. Like, what the hell? Because he's telling people they have to have a mask on. Um, 
That's why I grabbed the shopping cart. One thing I'm going in for a mint. I need a shopping cart. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm I'm going to give you a really brief how I'm feeling for the pandemic. Um, in the beginning, I think like everyone else, it was just like, what the? Just like a bad dream. I'm going to wake up for now. Yeah. Um, and it was. I mean, I heard my demographic. If you're over sixty, don't don't leave your house. And I'm going. It's a good thing I'm a loner. It is a good thing I'm a loner. Um, it was having groceries delivered and bringing them into the living room as a staging area. And slowly after so many hours, it's like your boxes, don't open your boxes because, you know, it stays on the box for 24, 72 hours in mental and just having this staging area in my very small house. Um, and it was just, it was a lot. And I remember the first time at some point, I don't know when, when a lot of that calmed down and I ventured out to the supermarket. Um, it was like I was visiting a scary movie, you know, the zombie movie, where right, yeah. they, you heard that the zombies weren't out and you can venture out to the market, but you're kind of looking over your shoulder still. I had my gloves on and I had um, the mask on. I remember going to my family doctor as I finally got an appointment and she was just like, you know, we're really not, we're telling people not to wear gloves. And the reason why is that people tend to think that they have gloves on and they're cool. They're touching this, they're touching that, they're touching the phone, they're touching their face, they're touching all these things. Right. And because um, I think the first time I saw her was for medical, almost emergency something, and they had gloves on. And she said, people are more aware of what they touch and touching their face without gloves on, you know? Um, they're more prone to wash their hands, but people are more pose more of a danger with gloves on. Um, but those first couple of months, I wasn't mad at all. I am a loner. It's a little stressful getting the food. Um, but at that point I was like, I have a deep freezer. Yep. I think I called down my, my friend, Carolyn only goes to the butchers at Reading Terminal and all of that. And she's like, yeah, they'll deliver. And I think I ordered like six hundred dollars worth of meat, um, which wow. two three months later, my deep freezer, when the power surge came from a storm, oh, died. No. I didn't know it. Oh, yes, no. yes, yes. But the biggest thing was that I had two pints of hand dipped, not prepacked, hand dipped Jamuka almond fudge ice cream in my freezer, which I was going mm -hmm. down to get. And I was just like, wow, this feels warm. Oh, my gosh, just all of that meat was done, all of it. Um, um, so I was grooving on it. I'm a loner. I got food. Nobody's bothering me. My phone's not ringing. This is, this is perfect. Um, I was already working at home. So, but two of my accounting clients, you know, they were in Montgomery County, so they closed down first. I was actually in Montgomery County at one of those offices when they said Montgomery County is closing down like right now. And I'm just like, whoa, I got to get the hell out of Montgomery County. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, so, but I do have a gas queue. Um, if you are ready, so are we ready for the gas queue? We might have covered this one or something similar, but it's okay. Um, it's a silly one. Well, most of them are silly. 
It says, um, do you feel uncomfortable in a room full of straight people because they could be judging you? Yes. That seems like a a compound question. Do you feel comfortable in a room full of of straight people? I think it's the first one. And do you feel uncomfortable because... So let's treat it as a two-question, two-part question. My answer would be yes. You feel... I have to read the question again. Uncomfortable in a room full of straight people. Yes, I would say yes to that. And I would say yes to a room full of straight people because that one of my concerns would be that they'd be judging me. I feel like a lot of this is contingent on how I know they're all straight, right? Yes, and how straight are they? Exactly, that's also a question. Are they conservative straight or are they just regular people? Are you... um, Right. Are you kind of at Rittenhouse Square, or are you at, um, I don't know, um, yeah. Maybe the Republican National Convention or something? Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, And I think mine will be, well, see, it's the difference, though, because I don't give a flying kangaroo what people think of me, but... Mm -hmm. If I was 22, when I was 22, I did care. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely perspective. But who would have knew? It's just like, I feel like I have all the wisdom now. It's almost like I can go through the red light and I won't get a ticket. I know this is not true. (laughs) But it's just like, I feel so wise that I've been through all of the crap. Right, yeah. Um, and I can do life on my terms now. It's just like, bring it on. It doesn't matter. I know the answer. I know how to conduct myself. So um, at this point, I wouldn't give a flying kangaroo. But at 22, I did. Right. I was always, well, I'm still an introvert. I'm very much an introvert. Um, and back then, I don't even think it was just straight people. I think it was just other humans. It's just a room full of people. Would you feel comfortable yeah. in a room full of people? No. Yeah. The answer is no. no. Not at all. Not at all. I hate going to parties. I still don't like cocktail parties because I hate small talk. Right. I can stand there and you can give me all the topics to talk about before I go in the room. And I'm going, first of all, these topics are boring. Even if I ask them, I'm not going to give two squats about what they say. Right. And my brain is just blank. It's like, Renee, which way is left and right? My brain blanked out. And I'm standing there going, I really don't want to have conversation, small talk. <laughs> What's your favorite book? Suddenly, from your brain, all books have been scrubbed. There are no books. <laughs> there are no books in the entirety of existence that we know about. And the only thing I can think is the cat in the hat. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a good book. That's a good book. I'd accept that as favorite book. I, yeah, I mean, I, um, I personally would would be like, yeah, it's a pretty dope book. Like, I'd accept that. Right. Um, but see, I can say that now because it's the only thing that pops into my head. Um, and I'm thinking Dr. Seuss, but I can't think of any other title. But Green Eggs um, and Ham. Yes, Green Eggs and Ham. Oh my God, one of my favorites. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. Yes. Yes, yes, we gave, I worked at a seafood restaurant at some point when I was in my 20s or something, and I remember we gave 
the owner for his birthday, um, amongst other things, a copy of that book, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought it was adorable. We all signed it. Um, oh, that's cute. Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not really fond of people. Um, yeah, been, I, I agree. I would, I would, if I were, so if faced with the <laughs> question, would you feel uncomfortable in a room full of people because you're afraid they're judging you? Without straight being in that sense at all, I would say a hundred thousand percent. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I, so I, I feel like a lot of this question hinges on um, are any of the people in the room people I know? Because right. if I don't know anybody in the room, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Like, right. period. Full stop. Right. Um, but, you know, beyond that, it's well, how do I know they're straight? Is, you know, because if I'm yeah. with my friends, the vast majority of my friends are not straight. So if I, was a, if I was in a room full of straight people, chances are my friends would not be there. Um, and if I know they're straight, it's probably because they have marketed themselves as straight. Right. Um, as in, say, a straight pride parade that's totally not a thing for bigotry at all or right 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 you know young conservatives of america or you know something like this you know so chances are if i know if i know for a fact that everyone in the room is straight it's probably because of something that i wouldn't something else that i wouldn't enjoy about them like their politics or something right 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 i do have to temper all this with i realistically know um i would feel slightly i would feel anxious as if i'm in danger maybe a little bit but i do have to constantly check myself and be like no chances are i'm not going to be like attacked or anything um you know un un unfortunately it's the case that um much of the violence against lgbt people um is actually directed at not white people um, right right a horrible horrible reality um but uh, beyond beyond that, um, so there's <laughs> have have you seen the have you seen any of John Mulaney's stand up? It's on Netflix. He's a comedian. Um, I don't even know who that is. He's a comedian. He was on Saturday Night Live. Um, um, I've not watched Saturday Night Live since the beginning. Yeah, he, he's not on it anymore, and he was only a writer, so he wasn't even like on the show. <laughs> on the show. Um, but he does, he does, he does stand up now, and people really like him. But the he does this one bit about I walk down the street and I need everybody to like me so much, <laughs> and when I'm with my wife walking down the street, she she says it's like walking with somebody who's running to be mayor of nowhere <laughs> and i just i really relate to that the like i i i i want to be you know um i want to be approachable i want people to think nice things about me etc etc so i'm i'm very anxious about being nice and approachable and also coming off as like you know kind of like being seen as like smart or that I know what I'm talking about. I don't like looking kind of dumb, even though I am kind of dumb. Oh, <laughs> oh, we need to talk about this in the future. I heard a term that I relate to. 
<laughs> so the internet, right? So you know the internet. Is, the internet yeah. is the term you heard about. You know, no. So so young, young, young people are coming up with these things, right? So you know the okay. You know the offensive <laughs> offensive term for women, bimbo. You know the term bimbo. Uh huh. So people have initially there was uh people have come come up with himbo, which is a himbo but a guy. Mm-hmm. It it means a strong, often attractive guy who is dumb, but mm-hmm. who, but who still respects women. Like that's important to the definition is strong, dumb, but knows respecting women's a good thing. So 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 there's a third term that I really like called a zembo for non-bimbo. For non-binary <laughs> Oh man! And I really well, we it. have to be inclusive. So, yeah, yeah, are you saying you like this term and you don't? Yes, I I identify as a zembo. <laughs> I don't know. Your head doesn't seem airy enough. Um, I feel like a lot of this is like if you talk to me in real life, I'd be a lot. I'd be way less like you know. I'm kind of I'm kind of like oblivious, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a kind of an airhead in real life, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, I just, sorry, sidetrack. <laughs> anyway. That's okay. I just wanted to I just wanted to talk about that real quick. Um, I'm not sure if we have any quick hits. Any what? Yeah, what? Newsworthy or not? Um. Yeah, we forgot about that. So I'm on them, period. I love this website. Have you been on their website? Oh, them. Them, T-H-E-M, period. I get their email, but I actually haven't checked out the website. Uh, It looks interesting. Or should I say they look interesting? Yes, yes. Have you you seen this website, Griffin? Yes, I have. So I'm looking on there. Um... I'm on there now, and it says many trans Americans have conditions that increase COVID-19 risk. Mm-hmm. It says a new study suggests that more than 300,000 trans adults face heightened risks of being seriously harmed by COVID-19. Wow. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, and scientists start testing estrogen as a COVID-19 treatment. Hmm. Wow. If I, uh, so I, I don't think I, I, I haven't up until recently considered hormone replacement, or HRT, hormone replacement therapy. I have recently considered that like microdosing is like a thing that some people do. It would be funny if uh, trans women and trans feminine non-binary people could, could use estrogen both to avoid to avoid some of the effects of COVID nineteen and do hormone replacement therapy at the same time. Um, that would be interesting. All right, so we're doing part of um, newsworthy or not. So here's something we can end with this one: twenty one quarantine date ideas ideas for friends, partners, and first dates. 
Oh boy. All right. Oh my. So, um, one of them is playing a romantic candlelight candle-like dinner and walk. Well, first of all, that's not going to happen for a first date, but okay. Try out role-playing games. Oh yeah, totally. I'd get I'd get people I'm dating to play like RPGs any day of the week, even without COVID nineteen. <laughs> Dress up and yep. put on a fashion show. That's a good idea. That just feels like work, though. No, I feel like it could be fun over Zoom. That's a good <laughs> idea. Maybe if I hit a cocktail. Um, <laughs> do home tail. Hometown tours or plan vacations on Google Maps. Oh. Read each other's birth charts. Okay, I'm done. Whoever wrote this was like 21. As a 22-year-old, whoever yes. wrote this article was 21. <laughs> Cook adventurous meals together and try the same recipes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. What's an adventurous meal? What are you going to do? Um, I don't know, like hmm. peanut butter and tuna salad. Well, let's leave um, the tuna salad out for a couple of weeks before we make it. How's that? That'll be adventurous. Mmm, yummy. <laughs> Here we go. Virtually cuddle. Oh, Sorry, that's, that's one of those things that it just doesn't quite work. Yeah. I don't think it's a date, though. We will see you next week. Yes. So, um, for all of us, uh, you have a great week. Uh, join us again this time next week for our, another episode of Cue the Mic. 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 And uh, take us out, Griffin. Oh, yes. Uh, you're listening to germantown community radio 92.9 fm wggtlp philadelphia and online at gtownradio.com all right good night germantown good night germantown good night catch us on the social medias twitter facebook and instagram at cue the mic radio you can find our podcast on itunes google play music tune in alexa spotify radio.com iHeartRadio, player fm deezer Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. And as a reminder, our old episodes are still up on Podomatic, but we have moved our feed over to pinecast.co. Be sure to check us out there for all the updates on the new episodes.